Alrighty, guys. This is the Draylax Podcast. My name is Dre, obviously, and I am joined once again by my friends Jermaine and Sloan. Fellas, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, age before beauty, so I'll go first. I'm not this nigga in here. <laughs> I'm Jermaine Every. Uh, you can see the at right there at the underscore Jermaine. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Do not follow me on Facebook because I'll accept friendship requests from weirdos. I love y'all. Y'all don't need to be on my Facebook page. But uh, yeah, that's me. I'm here. I'm him, and we here. And Sloan. Well, I guess I'm Sloan. No, get the party going with the Bel Air. You know, I'm out here. Uh, CEO, well, co-founder of CDB Multimedia, uh, founder of Susio Boys Podcast, which is on this channel as well. Uh, you know, drugs and hugs, pounds and pounds. Uh, most likely, I'm out somewhere with a Dr. Dapper product in my hand, enjoying life. Smoking some 17 labs, as you can see across my chest. I'm out here just wearing all, all of my sponsors today. I'm a yeah, that's, that's the way you do it. Hey, uh, get yeah, it this week, this was uh, this was another uh broadcast I definitely wanted to th- uh bring together. The PLL had its opening weekend, gentlemen. You uh both got sent uh two of the different games. Um, since you, I mean, even though you guys both watched both, um. Jermaine, I believe yours specifically was the uh, Whip Snakes and the Chrome. Whip Snakes and the Chrome, and then Sloan, I believe yours was the Atlas and the Redwoods. Um, little quick fact for both of y'all. So with the um, the PLL just released their viewership statistics. I know we like numbers and stuff can be manipulated and stuff, but I thought it was really cool. So the Atlas Redwoods game was the first game of the season, and it got the most viewership that the PLL has had in its entire three-year run. It was, uh, that was really cool. Uh, it also probably benefited that it was on ABC. So uh, I do think they need, there were some streaming issues, but the number was uh, 782,000 uh, peak viewers for the Redwoods, uh, Redwoods versus Atlas game. Bro, that is excellent, especially because you have to keep this in mind, too. Saturday television just isn't always the most watched viewing, unless it's like appointment television, prime time, like, you know, some sort of big event or, or something like that. To get almost 800,000 peak viewers on a Saturday afternoon, that is great. Because, you know, Saturday afternoon, most people are out, they're off, they're trying to go and do something. They're not really wanting to sit down and watch television, but to have that many peak viewers at the peak moment, that's really, really good. Yeah, it was It was a it was a very good game. I mean, especially for the opening inaugural uh, season. Like, this is its – the PLL got started in, like, 2019, so this is year four. Um, and also in good progress news that shows growth. So, again, I love their travel-based model. But they've grown so much that the demand now finally exists for there to be some home teams. There's only eight teams in the league. So right now, there's about 32 cities that are scrapping it out to get one of the eight home teams. And they have a fan-based voting 
So anyone that's listening or watching, if you are wanting your city to have a Premier Lacrosse League team, go on PLLvote.com and choose the city. You're going to get to vote for three at a time. Uh, it has you put your email in, but they don't spam you with anything. I've voted multiple times for Denver, obviously, so I know I'm not going to spam with anything. Uh, but it's, it's cool because even though there's going to be eight teams that have a PLL team that belongs to their city, they're still going to travel – on their 14 game schedule, it's just eight cities are guaranteed to host next year. Oh, okay. And see that that's one of my things that I wrote down as one of my topics to bring up was uh let me go to here. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool the model that they have that the teams don't have home cities. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking and you sent the I'm I'm you know, I knew they were in Albany, New York. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, they were in Albany this weekend. Where is the Whip Snakes' home base? Where is the Chrome's home base? And I'm like, I don't see home cities. <laughs> so it threw me yeah. off. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's right. They're based out of California, but they travel. So, you know, it, 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 it kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm looking to, like, okay, what city are these guys from? Where do they live? What have you? But, yeah, that, that, that kind of threw me off a little bit. There we go. So, um if uh, when it comes to the predictions for what cities I can see, um, my recommendation for the league would be to start your eight like um, for six of your eight teams, start with an established market city, and then two of the teams put them in a a city that's starting to grow for lacrosse but isn't necessarily as bumping as your toronto your toronto's is like if i had to if i had to pick six cities where i think would likely get a uh, a team i mean denver for one i'm biased but also it's growing out here um you can pick either san francisco san diego or la in california uh, you definitely got to put one in Toronto. Like Toronto's a crazy lacrosse team, a, a crazy lacrosse town. I can't see why you wouldn't put one in there. Um, New York, you can you can do Albany if you want, but I think they'll get better traction if they do Long Island because Long Island lacrosse is a lot bigger out there. Um, and then for the DMV, you can do DC, but I think they'll get more popularity if they do Baltimore. And then um, I think a six, uh, a good six team that's got an established um, base for lacrosse because of like Penn State and Princeton's nearby and stuff like that. Um, Philly would be a good one for those like first six. And then where the market can grow I think Dallas would be a great spot because it's really starting to uh, pick up there. And um, I think for the last spot, you could probably go with a Midwest team, something in the Midwest to kind of get traction out there. But I don't know. Do you guys have any ideal picks or picks you think would be great? for? Uh, I would just like to tell the PLL I'm not happy that Houston was not a representative on the city on this list, that Dallas was over. <laughs> Houston, 
You gotta be kidding me. I'm not happy that New Orleans is not here either. Uh giving me something to get behind here. That's you know, and it's it's just because like we're we're gonna be honest and we're gonna be selfish. Like Sloan's in New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans. I live in Houston. So Houston and New Orleans, those are the two places we would prefer. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean obviously I want you guys I mean Throw Chicago in there. I'm from Chicago, so I can see Chicago getting there. And then, I mean, if you look at the the color schemes of all the teams, and you and you think about what professional teams mimic or have that kind of color scheme, you can kind of see that like the Archers would do great in Denver because of their colors matching the Broncos, the. Chaos would do good in Chicago because of their color scheme matching the Bulls. Or they could even do Houston because they kind of match the Rockets a little bit too. Philly would be good for the Whip Snakes because of the Eagles. Um, the Redwoods, you can't put the Redwoods anywhere but California. It just doesn't make sense. You you can't put the the Cannons anywhere but Boston because when the Major Lacrosse League existed, they were the Boston Cannons. So you just have to send them back to Boston. And then the water dogs have to be somewhere on a coast, east, west, or south coast. Like you cannot put a team called the water dogs in like Vegas. <laughs> but again, like, I mean, you could put them in Chicago maybe because of the, the lakes. But to me, that, that needs to be a coastal team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what. Oh, oh, the Chrome. I don't. I don't know what. That's team. Miami. Oh yeah, that's there we go. <laughs> yeah, my color scheme is Miami. Yeah, definitely. And either then, them or the, either them or the Whip Snakes. Where would you put there with that color scheme? Yeah, team color scheme. Where would you put the Atlas? Because they they got that blue and white. Ooh, they could really go anywhere, man. Yeah, like, they they, they could go to Denver. Denver or Dallas, yeah, I could see either either one of those. Like those would be good choices. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay with Denver. I'd be okay with it as long as Denver gets the team. <laughs> uh, but those those are the those. That's just a little bit quick bit. Um, Sloan, we'll start with you since your game was up first. Um, just your general thoughts and anything you saw that was super cool that you liked. Hold on, I got. Let me let me go get my notes because. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we come prepared here. We bring notes. Garneski, uh, that dude's a fucking dog. Garnsey, whatever. Ryder whatever Garnsey. his name is. Ryder He's Garnsey. a fucking dog. He had like eight goals. Six goals, two assists. Man was that, on fire. He was killing their ass. Uh, what was I? What was I going to say? I noticed that. Um, number 26 on uh, was that my my match or was that the other one I watched? No, it was the other one. Never mind, I'll get to him. Um, Atlas was killing him on the inside with point blank goals. Every time I looked up, they were scrolling, they were in the goalie face, like, haha, bitch, gotcha again. Heinenberg, I like Heinenberg. The, talk they, the refs really let him talk their shit. Like, it's funny. Yeah, Heinenberg, uh, 
That's, had that's our guy, Jules Hannenberg. He had a fucking rocket of a goal. I was like, damn, sizzle. Um, Shout out to Jules Hannenberg. I've met him in person. Nicest dude, super humble. But like that move when he scored that goal, he demoed that in one of his demo sessions at LaxCon. He was explaining how to teach it to younger lacrosse players. And it's just, you love when you see the pros do something that you've seen them do in person. Yeah, uh, the Atlas was just, I mean, not the, yeah, the Atlas was just getting point blank goals, what I like to call alley-oops, because it looked like somebody is just throwing it up and catching it and scoring. Um, you notice a familiar, did you notice a familiar player that was on the Atlas after having left, uh, after having graduated from Virginia? Uh, oh. Bird? No, 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 uh, Dixon. Oh, Dixon, Dixon with that behind the back goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't remember what team he was on, man. I remember you had told us, and I totally forgot. Yeah, he was. He got drafted by the Atlas in round one. He he's made an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. But I, that's what I didn't understand. I was like, the draft. The we just watched the game, and people got drafted and played in the national championship game, and already playing in the season. Mm-hmm. Well, the draft took place before the before the tournament got started. Mm-hmm. It was the week before or two weeks before? Um, a week before. The week before, okay. okay. I'm trying to keep up with everything. It's like, yeah. you know. That was actually, that was one of my points that I had written down on my notes also. It was crazy because, like, just literally, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, we were watching the semifinals and the finals. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, we watching these guys play in the league. Like, I don't – there is not another professional sport where an athlete goes from, you know, from, you know, being in a lower level or a rookie, like a rookie in college or whatever, like in college to being a professional within a week's time. Like, that just doesn't happen. So it, it was really cool to see that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's – it's starting to get like to the point where I'm I'm trying to follow stuff and understand stuff. And when you like when we start noticing stuff like that, that's when I'm like, okay, I'm really picking up on certain things because I'm starting to see certain things that I hear you talk about. The the, the crazy part was um, not just the like offensive play and the uh, defensive impact for me. So Trevor Baptiste for the Atlas, he does the faceoffs. He's really good. But, like, he just couldn't get the better of T.D. TD Erlin, who was the face-off for the Redwoods. Like, he – they it was fun watching them do battle last season, and Trevor Baptiste kind of got the better of them here and there. But, like, this game, it was even. They just – it was pretty neck and neck. And then, um, it was, like, uh, lacrosse is a game of runs. So, like, it was really cool just seeing when the teams would go on, like, a two- or three-goal run. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed about my game was the the runs the teams went on. And one of the things I didn't even realize how many runs the Chrome and the Whip Snakes went on until I pulled up the stats to look at when the goals were scored. And one thing people will really like, whether you're a novice like myself or you've been into it for years like Dre, um, just the stats page where each color of the team represents, you know, the goal that they scored. And you click on it, it tells you who scored the goal, the time, assist, so on and so forth. 
I didn't even realize it without looking at it how many runs went back and forth. And I'm writing it down. I'm like, man, this team went on a run. This team went on a run. Then I click on the page to look at the stats, and I'm like, oh, I can see all of the runs now because they're color coded for me. So it, it's scoring in bunches, like you told us uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, is definitely something that's you know big in lacrosse. It's a, it's a very momentum driven game. It's so fun. Uh, Sloan, what you? What was the? What was the coolest part for you about the uh, the uh, Redwoods versus Atlas game? I don't know, motherfucker. Uh, Garnsey, uh, what's his name? Garnsey. Garnsey. Every time I looked up, there, another goal from Garnsey. Another <laughs> sliding goal from Garnsey. I was like, God damn, nigga. You know, like, you know something chill that I like because, like, having watched him last year, he he's he was cool and stuff, but like he was definitely small fish on the team because they had because uh. You know, Rob Pinnell had a quiet game, too. He didn't really do a lot, but he's normally one of their big scorers. Same with Miles Jones and Sergio Perkovic. Right, Miles all- Jones is a big Negro. <laughs> that is a huge <laughs> Negro. person. He's huge. You're just like, what is this? <laughs> that is a mountain of a man. Uh, but he, uh, he wasn't as impactful as I was expecting him to be, too. He usually gets a two-point a two-point goal every now and then, which is where you'd be shooting from behind the arc. But I liked how every time he scored a goal, Ryder Garnsey got up in them dudes' faces. Yeah, did you see that play where he took it through, like, six defenders? Uh, yeah, gets knocked down, and he gets back up. Like, oh, how am I? He's just like, yo, get off me. Like, Bro, they- but, like, when you getting cooked like that by one person, yeah, go ahead and talk your talk, young blood. He- you got it. Like what? Like what? What can you say to that man at that point? Like you can't say anything. You can't tell him nothing. Like yeah, he had he had six goals. Um, his uh, his he had yeah he had six goals for the Redwoods. Uh, TD Erlin uh, went ten for went um, looks like ten for twenty six at the faceoff stripe, which isn't bad. I mean, you don't want your you want your faceoff guy winning as much as you can, but. It was not. It was not bad. Um, the the fact. The most interesting thing is that both the Atlas and the Redwoods have players who last year scored two point goals almost at will, and this game zero happened. Yeah, there weren't any in the Whip Snakes versus Chrome either. I was. I was. I was like, wait, there. Somebody, I want to see somebody score a two-point goal, damn it. Like, next weekend, I need to see somebody score a two-point goal. Because I'm waiting. When you told me, wait, there's two-pointers? I'm like, you know, like, hey, I need to see the Steph Curry of the PLL. Right. That would be um, Romar Dennis. He was on the Atlas, but he normally (laughs) – him or Michael Earnhardt from the Whip Snakes, that one – that one was a uh, pretty good. Uh, let's see, um, Jermaine. We will get to your game in a second. I'm gonna recap the Archers versus Cannons. I mean, I was obviously gonna take the Archers game, <laughs> but um, so the Archer versus Cannons game was real interesting because the Cannons have two players that were last season on the Archers: Adam Gittleman, their goalie number eight, um, and then uh, Marcus Holman, one of their attackmen. Uh, it was just 
it's one of those things where you're like, you know, I'm sure it's uh, like I felt watching those two on the cannons. It felt for me like I'm sure Packers fans felt when they saw Favre on the Vikings or or like how it was when Manning wasn't on the Colts. You're like, whoa, wait a second. Hold on. I don't like this. Right. Uh, it was great. Uh you know, um, Brett Dobson, who's the new goalie, he did his thing. He had a 59 uh, save percentage, 16 saves, um, which in in the in lacrosse, if your goalie is having anything above a 45%, you're in pretty good shape. Uh, but the biggest impact was uh, Mike Sisselberger from Lehigh. He was the face-off guy. He went 24 for 30. Um on faceoffs, which as a rookie in the league, it is very unheard of for someone to be that proficient. Um, I believe he is another graduate from Greg Garillion's Faceoff Academy. Um, the Faceoff Academy is like a quarterback mini camp for for any quarterbacks that are like league hopefuls and stuff like that. Like if you're a faceoff guy and you want to be a dude that does a lot of faceoffs in college, you go there. And the Faceoff Academy, uh, they released the stat. I don't want to get the number wrong, but they've they've put a decent percentage of guys in the league as of uh, as of late. So that was that was a fun one for sure. That game was fun, and you know the Archers got it done in the end and won sixteen to three. Uh, some key statistics: Six, wait, sixteen to three, sixteen to thirteen. Sorry, my bad. I thought he said sixteen to three. Say, like, hey, that's a- <laughs> Sorry. Some like, keys. That damn high. No, no, no. <laughs> Some key <laughs> statistics in this game that were the deciding factors. The Archers had 47 ground balls. The Cannons had 28. So, to all my younger players, that I, as I always say, ground balls win games. Um, the Archers had more caused turnovers with nine to the Cannons five. The um, and then the archers won more faceoffs, and uh, they scored more. So that was <laughs> that was about it with with that one. It was really great seeing uh, Connor Fields have a heck of a game. Um, Grant Amon is reunited with his with his best friend Mac O'Keefe, who was on the the uh, chaos last year. Those two, when they were at Penn State together, always cooked. So I'm excited for for what this season holds for the archers. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that one or not. No, I ain't watched that one. Okay. Yeah. I had AAU tournaments all weekend. Yeah, um, Chaos and Water Dogs was crazy too. That's the one game that went into overtime. It was pretty. That was good. Water Dogs ended up winning that one in overtime. So that that's a that's a good one. If you ever got, if I don't know if you guys have ESPN Plus or not, but if you do, always you can always catch those games on replay. Uh. Oh, so that that subscription they let you replay the games also? Mm-hmm. Bet. Say less. I'm going to get my ESPN Plus back now. I have a big, a better reason to get it back now. Because like I, I love, I love watching. Like uh, one of the features that the NFL, I don't know what they call it now. It's changed several different things, but you pay for that subscription. Not only do you get to watch games back in pretty much their entirety, but like a truncated version, you get like a 60-minute version or something like that. But you also get access to coaches' film uh, when it releases like on Tuesdays or Wednesdays and different stuff like that. 
So like that's what I used to use to like just nerd out and study it. So in order for me to get better uh, acclimated to lacrosse, if I could just go back and watch games and rewind sequences and stuff and like study it, that would help me because you know I'm a nerd about it. I want to know everything I can know about it. So that just sealed my deal right there to get ESPN Plus back. You know what's interesting when you watch it live. So during the broadcast, there's different features. One of them's called Under the Helmet where they'll talk to one of the players, usually like they usually usually do it when they're not on the field or whatever. And they'll like try to ask them questions like, Hey, what's going through your mind on that last play? Or like, Hey, how you feeling? Stuff like that. Or they'll have moments where the cameraman is like the team's called a huddle and you'll be able to hear the coaches talking in the huddle. And it's just really cool getting to hear like their process and stuff. Like one dude, he's like, He's, uh, I think it was during the Whip Snakes um, game. They're in the Whip Snakes huddle. Matt Rambo's by far the best player on the Whip Snakes. So uh, he usually takes charge in the huddle when the coach isn't talking. Um, and the coach was drawing up a play, and Matt Rambo looks at um, Tucker Dordovic, who's from Georgetown, who's a rookie, and he's like, hey, if it's not, if it's, if I'm not open and the look's not there, Look at Dordovic. He's gonna be doing. He's gonna. It's gonna be him that's open. And the next play, Rambo's not open. Boom! Tucker Dordovic scores a goal. It was. Hey, speaking of Tucker Dordovic, I had that down. The way he scored that goal was crazy because he's right-handed, right? So normally you're shooting like this. He scored it with his left hand going to his left with two guys on him. So it's like he scored with his offhand, even though they said he's ambidextrous, he can score with either. He's, you know, predominantly right-handed. Yeah. So for him to score with his left going left, you know, with two guys on him in his first, you know, professional game, like that, that to me, that that was one of the first things I wrote down on my notes was how he scored that goal. Oh. My first thing I wrote down is uh, both of them team jerseys is fire as fuck. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And all the team jerseys. Like, I'm literally, like, I'm not as big of a shoe head as, as Sloan and Keith and some of the other guys, but I got a few. And I'd be looking for stuff to match my shoes sometimes so I can wear different stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, I need to kind of expand my wardrobe and buy more shoes. Some of these colors and some of the stuff they have, man, look. <laughs> and that chrome and whip snakes gang, I was like, mm. <laughs> mm, I want both of these. I bought these mixed colored shoes solely because it's going to match my Archer's jersey. <laughs> There's no other reason I got it. I was like, and they're foam posits. So I was like, you know what? It's cool. Like, oh, you did end up getting those. Oh, I did. I couldn't help it. Like, the price was good. Money was right. Yeah. I was like, let's get it. But uh, this is a segue into uh, Jermaine's uh, game. Um, Jermaine, what uh, you saw the uh, Chrome and Whip Snakes game? Uh, just give us your thoughts on that. Um, the first goal came from Mike Manley. He's a long stick mid LSM. I'm learning the lingo. Long stick middle fielder. Uh, I love when the long stick middle fielders Pause. get the get the pill. Pause. Thank you. And they they and because in transition if you get it to the lsm and he he breaks free and there's nobody there to like bump him check him or anything he can really make some headway through the defense before they can transition 
So he, he basically he was just creeping down the field, creeping down the field. They passed the pill to him. He, you know, went left, you know, paused, cut right, came back and just fired one. Like he just he got a crease, he got an alley, and he just sent it in. Um Anderson five hole in the whips goalie was I, I I'm gonna always love a good five hole. Like when it happens in hockey, it's even funnier because they got all the pads and stuff. It's a little bit easier, it looks like in lacrosse, but because the goal is shaped funny, it's actually much, much harder considering that the goal is smaller and there's so much motion going on. But just like that, that was really cool. Um, I love that Sam Hanley, who's about my size, yep. uh, when he scored a goal. But it was, it, again, it was the way he scored. He's running. He hits the circle button with a hard spin move off the defender as he's spinning, knocks him down, and then shoots and scores. So, you know, anybody 6'5", 230, you know, around my size, like, I, I love watching big, big, the big guys, you know, get, get their work in. Um, we have a chat. For anyone that's listening, we have a chat. And there will be different plays during the weekend from different games. And I'll send it to the group chat, and I'm just like, you got to fight him. And my point is basically, at, yes. like, at that point, it stems from a conversation when I shared one of my other friends uh, play from lacrosse. And he's like, what do you do when a dude does that? I was like, you throw your gloves down and you just fight him. There's no other choice. That's Because, the- like, there's no, like, I'm sorry. But if you five-hole me like that, we got to fight. <laughs> if you if you if I'm trying to check you and you spin off of me and knock me down with one arm and then score with the other arm, nah, we gotta fight. No, nah, you gotta get shot at that point. <laughs> Bro, it was embarrassing because like it like you ever like it's like one of them plays where the big dude in football is rumbling down the field like the big Sloan. You you play D tackle. It's like you pick up a fumble. And one of them little running backs trying to come tackle you, and he just basically falls off of you. Like, that's what that play looked like. He dude just fell off of him. And and Hanley, I mean, he didn't he didn't move. He didn't budge. He stayed in his motion and then still scored. Like, that was just – I love seeing goals like that. Um, one of the other things I noticed was when it was tied 6-6, mm-hmm. the Chrome ended up going on a four-goal run to go up uh, 10-6. Yeah. The whip snakes come back between the, the, the end of the third and beginning of the fourth, and they go on a three-goal run to draw it back to 10-9. Chrome score two more, they're up 11-9. Whip snakes come back, score two more, is 11-11. Game winner comes with 58 seconds left in the game. Like, From a you rookie, Cross Ferreira, who went yep. to Salisbury University, home of the Fighting Seagulls. Mm-hmm. I did my research. Hey, look at that. They came with – the winning goal was scored 7.4 seconds. So, like, the Whip Snakes, they scored, and I was like, yo. I was like, yo. There is 15 seconds from them getting this ball. They, they win the faceoff, and they – um. They uh they get the ball to their side. They call a timeout. I'm like, there's 7.4 seconds. I'm watching this. I mean, you know, my my apologies to Cross Ferreira because I honestly didn't think the Chrome were winning that game. I was I was like, well, the Whip Snakes stole one, and I'm like, there's no way 
that they that they draw up a play and score this goal. It's seven point four seconds. And- yeah, I had the wrong timestamp on it. My bad. Because Dordovic, the other rookie, scored the tie with thirty five left, and then mm-hmm. Pereira scored the last one with six seconds left. I'm looking at the wrong game. My bad. It, it was great. The funny part with that one with that game winner is the announcer Paul Carcaterra. Now Paul. Paul Carcaterra is great. He's a very knowledgeable man. He's been doing this for a while. He knows more than most analysts. He goes, he goes, oh, they've got the ball with Cross Ferreira. I'm not sure I would start the ball in Cross Ferreira's hands. The whistle blows, and I'm like, oh, let's see. Dude slides under the long pull that comes to play him, puts that goal in the back of the net, and the other <laughs> – and now looks at Carcaterra and he's like, eat your words, Kark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But to me, what that symbolizes is like, um, I know Sloan will remember this. You remember this too. Like there are so many moments in like basketball where the guy who you're not really expecting, the, the not the superstar, but the role player who hits the big shot. Jeremy Lin, biggest example. Jeremy Lin, uh, John Paxson in the Steve finals against Kerr. the Sun. Steve Kerr, you know what I'm saying? John Paxson. Uh, Derek uh, Fisher, that one against the Spurs with like under a second left. Judd Bushler. I mean, that's just, you... that's just the three on the Bulls that I can remember. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go to Craig Hodges in their first three. I was just about to say Craig Hodges and BJ Armstrong. Yeah, man. There's a lot of people that, that bailed Mike out at times. Oh, of course. And that that's the kind of stuff that I love about sports is that sometimes you'll get the guy that you least expected. And he's the guy they're going to run the play for sometimes because it's like they're not looking for him. Not only is he a rookie, but we barely got any time left on the clock. We already know that uh, Kanenchuk. 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 Thank you. We already know. Shannon Chuck, because he, he scored three goals. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, if they're going to get the ball to, I'm sorry, the pill, anybody, it's going to be Shannon Chuck, right? Or it could be maybe Hanley because he's, you know, a big-ass dude. No, let's give it to the D3 rookie because nobody's expecting this. Can we just talk about the trust in the in the Chrome's coach to, to say, you know what? There is 7.4 seconds left. We are putting this goal, this ball in the hands of our rookie. Like the trust as a as a coach to 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 say that to the like for your for your players like hey yo. <laughs> it's but it's a- basically can you get a bucket? Right. And the thing is is sometimes you find mismatches in strange places. We already know like if the Bucks get the ball to Giannis. He's going to try to drive because Giannis isn't an outside shooter. So what are we going to do? We have to plug the lane where he's at, but also make sure we get out on the shooters if he drives in. You know what's going to happen when Giannis has the ball. You don't know what's going to happen if they give the ball to Bobby Portis or or when they had him, uh, uh, what's his name, Dante uh, DiVincenzo. You didn't know what the hell they were going to do. Well, you know, Grayson Allen is a shooter, so thinking about he's looking for a three-point shot. But there's guys on teams that certain times they have certain skills or qualities that just work well in an offense. 
And to me, this is where I love genius play callers in football because they'll design a play to get the ball to a specific player in a specific spot where he can take most advantage of his skills. The coach just saw Ferreira and was like, I think you can make this move and you can score this goal if this happens. Worst case scenario, they go to Sunday overtime. They already had a shot percentage advantage because they shot 31.6% while the other team, uh, the Whipsnakes, shot uh, 23.4. So they knew, okay, we may not be winning the faceoff battle because they, they were down a few percentages on that. We caused a ton of turnovers. Um, we won the turnover battle. We caused more turnovers. Uh, faceoffs are almost 50-50. Our goalies are both playing well, but we have a better shot percentage. So it's like, okay, I'll take our chances in overtime if the rookie doesn't come through. <laughs> like that that was just the craziest part it was like I was like yo this the like I, I just I, I it made me think about it because I'm like this is one of the first years in a while where like a D3 rookie has had the game winners had the moment and I'm like you know what's it's not I mean it's really cool that he won the game for the the chrome but I'm like Anyone that's in D3 college or that's going to a D3 college who thinks they don't have a prayer's hope of getting anything done, it's like, dude, you got to grind. Like, you show out and your talent yeah. will get noticed. Because, like, they, they they were looking – like, they're like Salisbury's good, but, like, you know, they're D3. And in comparison to – in comparison to that, most – school most professional teams you wouldn't be expecting to draft somebody from a d3 school you'd be like oh let me get dude from here from like ohio state or penn state or michigan whose programs on the line any of those things but uh, the 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 cool thing about uh cross ferreira and um uh yeah but the cool thing about him is like there's a couple of plays earlier where he um he scores a goal as well, but like when I was watching the play, he was battling with his defender and fighting to get free and stuff like that. And I was like, that ain't nothing but D three grit right there. They don't they don't teach you that in college. They don't teach you that hunger. <laughs> that dog just gotta be in you. Oh, he's got he got that dog in him. Like he's like uh, you know it's funny after that game a lot of uh, the different like a um, uh, couple of people from the that work for the lacrosse network were like um, we're like yo let's get like like watch him have a good year watch him have a breakout year and I mean I wouldn't be surprised oh. yeah I, I really enjoyed it it was just like I'm starting to kind of see some things and. You know, I like to study the numbers and I like to watch to go back and watch the actual game and stuff like that. So I'm going to have to really sign up for that ESPN Plus soon because I want to be able to, like, like, watch a game. But also, if I want to, if I need to, like, to understand something better, go back and rewatch it. Because that just helps me understand, like, strategies, facings, defense, so on and so forth. Okay. Well, you know, this has been a, a good and informative one. Like the recap. Um, Gentlemen, before we head up out of here, um, any teams so far that are like your your favorite teams or the ones that you're like, I'm going to keep a special eye on this team? I like um, the Chrome. <laughs> yeah, because those were some badass uniforms. 
Uh, I won't just say the Chrome, but I'm going to also say the Archers because that's the team that you seem to be excited about, but also because they scored the most goals this weekend with 16. So I'm going with them too. I like the Redwoods too. I knew Sloan was going to like Ryder Garns' fire. The, the, that was the reason I chose that game for uh, for you because I was like, Sloan's going to see that. Dude, he's going to be like, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, that and the the Atlas. Okay, well, you know, uh, I think we'll we'll reconvene with one of these in like a couple weeks. You know, that way the season gets going. Uh, gentlemen, where can uh, the fans, where can the fans and the listeners find you? Uh, right there, uh, right there, right there. Sloan Kettering two one seven. My TikTok is going through the roof. Uh, you know, I'm at uh, I think I'm at like almost seven hundred and thirty followers. Uh, I'm, I got a TikTok that's doing well today. Had one do well last week. You know, I'm just out here living life, baby. Uh, drugs and hugs, hands, pounds and pounds, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, speak up, speak out. Don't let nobody silence you. Drink water, smoke reef, and wash your ass. Mind your business. There <laughs> right, yeah. you go. I will catch y'all later because. I have to go. I just got my special delivery of Bluebell Dr. Pepper ice cream, baby. I'm going to go eat this Panera. <laughs> I'm going to move out the way so my wife can get in the office. I'm going to holler at y'all. All right, man. Yeah. Take it easy.